Welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from yesteryear, and uh, we mostly ignore it. Look at the ones come out on the exact same day. My name is Lincoln. I'm out here with my man Sam. Don't, dude, you fucked up the intro. It's believing it in so people can see how flagrant. How are you, Sam? I'm, I'm well, thank, thank you, you, Lincoln. How, thank are you, you. how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I was doing a lot better, yeah, before you uh, threw off the, uh, the entire flow of the podcast. So if it doesn't go well today, guys, we can point back to Sam uh, just jumping in here. Flagrant, flagrant behavior. But I, furthermore, furthermore, the, uh, the two movies that we are watching today the um epically long uh dances with wolves and the on the same day um queer biopic uh the craze <laughs> okay um yeah. it's actually not queer biopic it's about the gangsters the craze you know the ones ronnie um, and reggie ronnie and reggie k-r-a-y i also realized whenever i say the craze that it's a very um do you remember th- in 30 rock have you seen a 30 rock yeah. Um, it's a very rural juror. <laughs> the rural juror. Like the craze. It's like, do you mean like as in the, the dance craze? Dance craze? <laughs> yeah. Sweep in the world? I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, the first movie that came out is uh, uh, Dances with Wolves, the Kevin Costner featuring um, Dances with Wolves. The Kevin Costner directed mm. um, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. And um, yeah, so basically 1990, revived the Western, won a boatload of Oscars, ahead of, um, in my opinion, a superior film, Goodfellas, by um, Martin Scorsese. Let me start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Dances with Wolves. Yeah. All right. The reason I chose this joint, um, Sam, for us to watch for the podcast uh, this week is very selfishly, it is the only one of five DVDs that we currently have at the flat. Well, uh, what were the other four? Um... It's what feels like about four different versions of Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Um, four Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Apocalypto. So you so know, that's, so a, that's a no for you. Um, and that's a. I think that's about it. I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad we did this. Then I also watched this four-hour version of Dances with Wolves, and it, it was hard. It was hard for you. It was difficult. I found it difficult. Mm. I've seen it before, but when I was when I was young, when I was a like a kid, yeah. and not <laughs> I don't remember it the four hour cut. Look, fair enough. I, I I would also say the reason we had to watch these DVDs is because, as you well know, due to our live recording situation, I still do not have internet um, in my life, and I just want to come out. I want to use my platform to say first and foremost, uh, fuck you. You pussy ass, bitch ass, boy, you pussy, oh, you done, no, huh? If I see you in my ends ever again, it's on site. Apart from the bit, the guy who has to come install it. Yeah, apart from that guy. But yeah, first and foremost, fuck you, live <laughs> I wanted to, I just needed to get it out of my system. I felt very, I felt some type of way. It's been very difficult. We haven't, we don't have Wi-Fi. So now, it, it honestly, it feels like you're being punished. Yeah. Um, it feels very strongly like i feel like it's a human rights issue it is it's a human rights issue at this point um it is now it is at this point really. you know i was thinking about this and i was thinking, like wi-fi basic human right if you live in an area that isn't abundant in food to eat from trees that's my yeah do you know what i mean it is a basic human right because what if you're competing for a job mm-hmm you're competing for a job you fucking pussy old bitch boy you go out and buy the 
by the newspaper. Guess what? Another guy with Wi-Fi has already typed it up, faxed it over with his anachronistic fax machine. <laughs> it's done. He's applied. You're out. You know, you're trying to. You're googling how, how to, what to wear to a job interview. Forget about it. It's late. That guy's unzipped the PDF. It's over for you. <laughs> Why don't you take us through what very quickly what life was like for Kevin Costner pre-Wi-Fi? Kevin Costner is a um, Civil War soldier. He's he's got a bit of a death wish. Um, he's kind of lost, um, and he goes to this remote outpost with the idea of. Um, seeing the American frontier before it disappears. In doing so, he meets the, the Sioux tribe and um, his nickname becomes Dances with Wolves and he becomes a fully-fledged member of uh, the tribe. Now, it's important, I think, with this movie to give the full context of what was going on in Hollywood at the time because Westerns, for the most part, were dead. Yeah, They're dead. Um, Michael Camino did Heaven's Gate in like the early 80s. It's like 1980, I think, if, off the top of my head. Yeah. And um, they bankrupted a studio. Mm. And Hollywood started moving away from the kind of director-led model of, you know, an auteur, auteur cinema of the 70s and, and sort of moving more toward kind of the corporate yeah. blockbusters that, you know, became, which is what it still is today. Yeah. And Kevin Costner, you know, he falls in love with this book. He wants to make it. Tells the guy, write the book the author write the book and then we'll come back and then we'll make this a a movie and that's what happens so he this is a this is a movie based on a book that hadn't been written when kevin costner was like let's do this movie yeah the guy the i can't remember the name of the author i should know it um but he wanted it as, as a screenplay right and kevin costner said you have more chance getting this movie made if you write the book yeah yeah, yeah. and then we make it into a into a movie, which is what happened. And and Kevin Costner put up some of his own money yeah, yeah, yeah. for it. He put some skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, I read that. And you know who else did? Ooh. Neil Young. That's great. Do you yeah, know? He gave some of the animals for it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he just had bisons. Uh, Neil Young had some of the bisons, and that's one of the great scenes in the movie is the the bison hunt. Um, it took like thirty days to film. Yeah. Um, it was intense. Mm-hmm. The, the where uh, Kevin Costner joins in on a bison hunt. And, um, yeah, it's just so epic. Um, apparently, like, the stories was, like, it was costing a lot of money and it was running over budget and people are like, oh, no, it's just, like, another disaster. And I love... Because we don't hear this anymore. Yeah. You don't hear of, like, crazy shoots that's, like, over budget and, yeah. like, the director's fallen out with anyone and, like, it's proper, like, hearts of hearts of darkness yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but, yeah, sorry... Um, your feeling towards it like how how have you um how did you come to it and what did you expect of it i'm pretty sure my dad showed me this film when i was a little kid um when i was like quite young because i remember it's the 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 90s kevin costner thing it was it was this was when i feel the dreams was 80s yeah so that's leading up to dances with wolves is kind of like his crowning moment uh dances with wolves robin hood not the bodyguard. What's the other? Waterworld. Waterworld, which was a bomb. Yeah, which is a huge bomb. But yeah. those are the three sort of things I think of when I think of Kevin Costner. This time, I don't know. I don't know whether it's because the four-hour version. I definitely think it's too long. Watching it now was like they do. They kind of have this the the three-act structure, but at the end of every act, he gives you a summary 
of what's just happened in voiceover. This it feels like one of those films that doesn't need voiceover because you're trying to tell the story visually and it's this really long, like slow west. But then when he gives me like a five minute monologue, I go, that was that No man, I, I have to disagree with you. I think this movie I think the, it doesn't have to be four hours, but I'm it's kinda nice that it is. Mm-hmm. And that's because the movie isn't like overly concerned with the plot, which is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um but it is like um about immersing yourself in this in this world and yeah. this and then building this world and you spend I mean the middle act would be somewhere along like 90 minutes yeah. you uh, you spend basically a full movie with the Sioux tribe and so when the intrusion comes mm. it's kind of like oh shit man can we just like be left in peace and live how we've been living but I, I didn't it didn't feel that long to me like, just to give you a, another example of what how I fucking watched this joint mm-hmm. first of all um, I think everyone would have been listening to this and going, you watch it on the fucking DVD? No, no. Do you even have a DVD player? The answer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours. Can you even fit that on a disc? No. No, you can't. It's two discs. Um, I, ladies and gentlemen, I looked at a DVD menu for what felt like the first time in 10 years. Yeah. I looked at a DVD menu and I had to scroll, beep, beep, beep. And then there's a point in the middle where it goes intermission. Yeah. When it's like insert disc two. And I was like, oh my God. This is this is a, a, a throwback to something that no one is nostalgic for. Yeah. Um, no one is like, oh man, this Netflix movie is just going so great. I just wish that I had to take a CD out and store it carefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not at all. Um, the guy is an historical figure. Is he? Whether or not he actually did... All, he had a nice wolf yeah, yeah, and he yeah. actually danced with it um i don't know uh kevin costner's body in this uh beautiful mm. life <laughs> and what <laughs> attainable yeah. attainable that's the key that we want to see in, in in movies now it's like you know you can be jacked up that's okay mm. but if your body is, is like yo lincoln if you maybe if you had like two fewer beers yeah, yeah. a week like you could you could you could do that yeah um kevin costner uh very lithe uh, in this, uh, doing very well. I, naked a lot. I didn't see any dicks. Um, it's good. Also, really, you know what? I also really enjoyed. I enjoyed showing the full kind of spectrum of Native American life. Yeah. Seeing them, seeing them be funny, mm-hmm. seeing them be um, horned up, mm-hmm. having sex on the rails, yeah. seeing them scalp motherfuckers, seeing them fight each other like that was really cool they aren't just these kind of like noble quote-unquote noble savages who um don't know any better like nah they are fully fledged 3d people in their own world yeah and that's the other thing i guess to be fair to this credit even still now this is one of the few films i think where you actually get to see that uh compared to anything else that's sort of like native american new frontier period Sorry, man. Should we move on to the, the the movie that came out on the exact same day? The cra- the craze, the K R A Y S, the craze. Now, um, of course, Ronnie and Reginald. Reggie uh, Cray are real life gangsters, both serving life sentences, if I'm not mistaken, or mm. both dead. Uh, Thirty years. They're both. I think they're both dead now. Mm. They weren't when this film came out. You know, this movie is is interesting for a number of reasons mm. because I find that. One of my favorite movies of all time came out in 1990. I didn't see the release there, but it's Goodfellas, mm-hmm. which up until fairly recently, I'd say is one of my, it's my favorite movie. Yeah. And the craze kind of feels a little bit like that. It's yeah. like a gangster biopic, but 
interestingly for me, the, I feel the reason that Goodfellas didn't do well is because Goodfellas had the fucking temerity to actually be entertaining. Yeah. Critics or um, little dickless, whoever, Academy members <laughs> who, wanna yeah, want to see is Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Let's see a Hollywood movie made with Kevin Costner doing Kevin Costner shit with costumes and let it be too long, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if Goodfellas was more like the craze, Goodfellas would probably have been, had a stronger chance. Yeah, for sure. If it was less entertaining. If it was, yeah, well, this is the your whole no bangers thing, right? The awards, they can't, they can't be bangers. And I, but I, but, the thing I will say is because I've not seen the craze before it did feel even like for 1990 it did feel like watching a made for TV movie it was so it was so melodramatic right I laughed um watched it with my partner as well I think we laughed out loud like four times mostly because the mum is this is very interesting actually way of framing a a gangster story because this is happens to me a lot is I sometimes have the insight but I don't know what to do with the inside. Mm-hmm. I sometimes have a good idea, yeah. but I don't know what to do next. <laughs> I don't know how to actually have a good idea go forward. I feel like this is what this director has done. He's seen that the way to tell the story about the craze is to talk about the women around them. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily talk about them directly, but you talk about their mum, their aunt. One of them gets married. You talk about the wife. Yeah. And through that lens, you have an intro into a kind of a domestic drama intro into the gangster life. Yeah. And now it's interesting. Yeah. The, the, the effect that their choices have on the ones they love. Mm-hmm. I think, again, he's had the insight. He's not had the execution. Yeah. Because the mum is the most cockney woman I've ever seen. Yeah. And she's in great to watch. She the is, man, I, I've never seen a more melodramatic woman yeah like uh, the performance is just ridiculous it's like and like at one point she goes um she speaks to the dad to the crazed dads like you've i don't have to leave this house to know death and despair i can just stay in these four walls that's what's happened to women during the war i was like oh my god yeah her aunt uh, or her sister their aunt at one point in time everyone's had a great time at the wedding one of the craze got married all having this good song oh she looked lovely oh she looked lovely oh she looked lovely and she just like fucking brings the mood straight down lovely though didn't they oh they did didn't they May? <laughs> my own son married and on his honeymoon I can't believe it think I've lost him May. Reg you must be joking you'll always come first you know that Vi What's the matter, Rose? Rose? I was just thinking. You know, I was on the bus the other day and some old tow rag was boasting about all he'd suffered in the war. Stupid old... I'll tell you, they don't know. It was the women who had the war. The real war. The women were left at home in the shit, not sitting in some sparkling plane or gleaming tank. There's no glamour for us. I should have been with me when old Pauline Woolley went into labour. Do you remember that, Varley? Yes, yes, I do, darling. Seven hours of screaming down Bethnal Green bloody tube. Oh, they'll never know what it was like (laughs) for a woman in the war. Yeah, yeah. If they drained Victoria Lake, they probably found... Babies and guns and all. <laughs> Maybe some Yorkies or something. Oh, 
I was like, Jesus. Have you been, have you been, have you been working on your Cockney? I've been, I listen, I, for this movie, I've been really working on it. Just because it's like, because it's so hammy, it's, it's over the top. Oh, you'll never know what it's like for a woman. <laughs> it's they never, I don't think, they never write like British films throughout history seem to be for the most part this is not everyone but for the most part seem to be written by posher British people than the pe- the characters they're writing this is exactly what's happened and so they write in everything sounds like Russell Brand yeah because you're like no this vocabulary doesn't even really make sense here for the for the character for the motivation for anything do you know what I mean yeah and look I am not here to say that people didn't suffer during World War II. I'm not here to say that, but I'm saying they didn't then, at joyous occasions on the regular, (laughs) go into three-minute Aaron Sorkin-like monologues (laughs) about the destruction and the bombing in the war all the time. That did not... It's just that... Is this what they mean with it? I don't know what this actually means. Is this what they mean when they say kitchen sink drama? I guess... What is kitchen sink drama in general? I... I Okay, and I might be wrong on this, and I should, but I think it has the two meanings, right? Is one like kitchen sink is just domestic, mm, which this is, and it's like the drama. Drama happens in the kitchen, but it's the the idea that it's like tied exclusively to the home life. But the other thing I think that that saying comes from is that people used to have those little tiny little CRTVs mm. in their kitchen. Oh, I see. And I think shows like like East End soaps, telenovelas, and whatever General Hospital is, mm. those are the kind of things that people watch in the kitchen while they're cooking. Do you know what I mean? So mm. then they become the they. The, um, what's it? You know, when your grandma's like, "I want to watch my stories." It's like kitchen sink. And um, yeah, but sorry, just set the set this movie up for us uh, as best you can without like going through it too much. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's just a biopic of the, the Cray twins who were the very infamous Cockney gangsters in East London in the 60s. And it's, it takes us through, yeah, like, well, as you said, it takes us through certain key events in their life, but mostly through the perspective of the women around them, mm-hmm. which, which is the thing I actually liked most about the film. I liked, again, idea, no execution. I really like that idea because I don't, massively if i'm sitting down to watch a film i don't massively care about the craze and why they are the way they are because i can listen to a podcast read a book look that up psychologically uh but i am interested in the effect they have they just don't nothing re- again it's weird because it's a gangster movie where nothing really happens and then the movie proper starts for me um once they're kind of grown up um and they become gangsters and it doesn't I suppose to its credit or to its discredit, if that's a word, they don't actually tell you how they become gangsters. Yeah. They just become gangsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they wear like very, very sharp suits. Both of them are played by actors that you are familiar with, but I'm not. Uh, Martin and Gary Kemp. Yeah. And I think it's Gary who's from Spandau Ballet. I can't do it, man. <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Gary who was in Spandau Ballet. Uh and Martin Kemp was famous, I think, for playing someone dirty on EastEnders. Okay. That's... Yeah. Yeah. And the only difference really between them, between Reggie and... Um, Ronnie. Ronnie. Uh, Cray, is that um, in terms of characterizations, one's more sadistic than the other. Mm. 
and one is gay. No, those are the same. Oh, it's the same guy. Those are the same. Guy. Okay, so it's the same guy. He is the there's one who's gay. One he is the one who is the more violent of the two. Inclined, yeah. Yeah, and then there's another one who um is um whose uh, trait is that is a very controlling husband in terms of <laughs> um picking out clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Equal levels of evil. Equal levels of evil. This one here is gay. Um, he's also like incredibly violent. Loves, loves um, he gives like uh, at one point in time he gives a guy like the the Chelsea grin like puts a a, a saber which they fucking got where from I don't know like this, a bayonet like no that's not a bayonet it's a saber right yeah and he puts it in his mouth and they very graphically show you this guy the the mouth splitting mm-hmm. and the other one is just obsessed with um, giving his wife nice clothes and uh, making her wear very very nice clothes yeah, yeah. um. Which is controlling, but also I was like, I have heard, <laughs> I have heard, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't track well, if that's his, if that's his only vice. It's also like, I think it unfortunately has this knock-on effect of whoever's written this movie and gone, I know, I'll tell it from the perspective of the women, hasn't really thought about any character development because then the wife's entire personality is tied around, I just want to pick out my own clothes. Exactly. And that's her whole character. Essentially, yeah, it's like she feels controlled. She doesn't like her very dope clothes <laughs> that she wears, and the mum is no help because she's like, "Oh, she just has to kick out mm, like I did back in the war." <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, cool, great. By the way, did, um, the nightclub scene. There's a moment where a aging man does like the hokey pokey. Oh yeah, and the entire um i don't know east uh the east side of east end is that the right thing to say i was like oh i don't want another alu alu on our hands (laughs) um but like yeah the entire east end is there and they all watch this man do the hokey pokey and they all go oh it's marvelous (laughs) and i go man this is what happens when you do not allow black people to run your entertainment for you Mm -hmm. is you have to watch an 80 year old man do the hokey pokey and everyone is like oh it's better than looking at nothing (laughs) oh it's great i wish we had him during the war (laughs) you could have he could have just done it on the tracks this doesn't fucking matter dude (laughs) it's it's almost more like they're watching him dance to check he's still alive the saddest thing everyone's together the crazy like this is one of the biggest nightclubs in all of London. And then it's like, yeah, you put your right foot in. You put, it's like, Jesus. They have a, they have a, the, the crazy have an have a enemy. They have an enemy. This guy is uh, homophobic. This is whole arc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually hilarious because um, he uh, is an op, he's a rival gang member, gang gang. And he comes up and he always, um, he calls uh, the cray, the cray who is gay. Um, various slurs yeah. and calls his I don't think it's his partner it's his partner because they, they're together for the entirety of the thing yeah. calls him various slurs but and this is my weirdly woke moment mm-hmm. is everyone in the gang is just in the gang yeah no one's like makes a big deal about the fact that their leader is is gay yeah they're just like yeah this is just you know who, yeah. what do you want what do you want me to do 
Yeah? Guy <laughs> pays my bills, puts on riveting entertainment. Um, the the turning point in the movie, um, end of the second act, the, the big turning point is one of the craze wife, the one who just wears dope shit, but <laughs> is um, just like sadly scrolling through her Pinterest. <laughs> oh, look, <laughs> looking at the new Primark collection. Look at all those H&M vouchers just, just piling up against the door. She can't... Um, did you say Primark collection? By yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants just cheaper clothes, isn't it? She wants practical stuff to wear. Oh, I thought this is another one in a long line of Sam. <laughs> just, just Sam, Sam misunderstanding wealth. Going like, oh, she probably got that from Primark. Man, that's good. Fucked up though, yeah. Is Even Primark is a little bit too pricey for me because I wear hand-me-downs and dumpster clothes, man. I'm not... <laughs> Oh my god. Just looking at Primark going like, whoa, must be nice. <laughs> For real, shout outs to my brother, but like any piece of clothing I have that doesn't look like it's from the 80s is because he, he learned to screen print on t-shirts. Oh, nice. And he has no idea that all of my clothes are just the freebies. Yeah, that's why we, that's what us women did during the war. <laughs> so that our children could wear Primark. It wasn't like that for us. We used to just grab a bag, wrap it around our tits. That's what we used to do. You youngins will never understand what it was like during the war. <laughs> Verbatim. It's exactly. Direct quote from... Um, direct, huh? Yeah, Auntie from Auntie Rose. The most depressing motherfucker yeah. I have ever seen in my life. Auntie, Auntie Rose, if she was a stand-up, she'd be the one who came out with like a 15-minute straight coronavirus stand-up set and you'd be like come on come on man like we're trying to forget this also auntie rose you think she's bad at weddings fuck me you should see auntie rose at funerals you should see auntie rose everyone crying and there was a whole yeah it must be nice to die in a box we never even used to have a box in the wall we used to just rip the heads off babies like it's like jesus auntie rose they used to just cut us up and throw us down the toilet in separate chunks Stop it, Auntie Rose. The worst character. But anyway, uh, so one of the crows, um, the wife, I'm sorry. Um, poor little rich girl is like the kind of the thing. And I mean, there, there is something to be said for like how she is. Like she has no agency. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what it is. Oh, she has no agency and that's what she's kind of raging against. And um, she commits suicide. Mm -hmm. And that throws one of the crows, her husband, it puts him in a deep dark depression. And um, basically how they kicked out of this depression is they murder um, your homophobic friend, Blacker mm -hmm. um, Blacker, just yeah. like dead him straight in the middle of like a Weatherspoons. <laughs> um, which I mean, if you've been to certain Weatherspoons, there's, there's kind of par yeah. for the course. It's like if you, yeah, it, if, you see, if, if you see one murder, it's like, oh, you know, it was good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, if you go in there, hasn't been a murder, you're like, it's a bit dead, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's been a murder, but you're like, oh, you can order off an app on your phone yeah, now. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like, honestly, if there was a murder in Witherspoons, I do feel like people would just like wipe the blood <laughs> off the phone screen. Just be like, all right, so is that Stella, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> neck oil, whatever. Um, should we move on to categories? I think we should. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Categories. Categories. So, on this podcast, 
you know, on this uh, in this parish, we love to uh, we love we love categories, don't we, people? Uh, <laughs> we love categories. Uh, believe me, people. Uh, ratings so hard. The category. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got I got into like a to like a Donald Trump thing. It's like we love categories, don't we, people? Categories so hard. Hardest ratings of all time. <laughs> That's your Trump. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it sounds like nice. So in both of these movies that came out 1990, what would be cancelable now? Um, I okay. The craze. Mm-hmm. Right near the beginning, when we're still with the the twins when they're kids, uh, they're in class and they have this teacher who is obsessed with wonderful words, mm. and he keeps uh, uh, he obviously he beats a child for he he says you give me a wonderful word and the kids like mum and they all laugh at him and they're like Ugh, and he gives him a smack, and then it's just he's sort of berating all the kids and he makes his way to the front of the classroom and he's like, I just need a wonderful word. And as he's doing it, he's quite clearly gesturing at his penis. And I was thinking, oh, oh, this is something I didn't know about the craze. This is really awful. And then it just never comes back again. I don't think he was clearly gesturing at his penis. He was doing, he was he doing was like a, a like a DX, like a, like a crop chop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... Okay, I mean, if you want to say that, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you because I can't remember the scene that well, but I do think that is definitely instantly cancelable. We don't allow teachers to say that. Yeah. That's, to, like, yeah it's not... It's not right. It's not right. Um, I actually have another weird woke, weirdly woke moment. For... Dances with Wolves. And this is um, the beautiful um, depiction of uh, consent Mm-hmm. between uh kevin costner and uh the wolf okay um because i think this is underrated you know i think people don't talk about the fact that you just pet dogs or <laughs> pet wolves yeah did you ask the dog mm. did you get close to the dog and be like ooh, ooh, ooh? no kevin costner repeatedly offers do you want to be my friend wolf the wolf's like no nah, i'm good my dude you know i'm just going through a couple of things you know yeah it's whatever you know i'll text you it's good uh-huh. that's good eventually yeah they get together and a little uh, bonus scene kevin costner and the dog or the wolf have a uh, wolf dog kevin costner says <laughs> no yeah if you, yeah that's it's in the bonus material you probably didn't see it oh, did yeah. you? it's on the dvd yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah. kevin costner fucks a wolf right and he becomes dancers with with Dun- yeah. dancers with wolves dancers hmm Mm, yeah 60 <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that what you saw in this in this film uh-huh. was not a beautiful love story between <laughs> Kevin Costner and the wolf what did you see what did you think this was I was just like ah, somebody just trying to like be normal with a a dog with a wolf well it's a wolf, a wolf but i'm like that's dog. yeah well yeah they're closely related yeah i mean it's a canine you know it's a canine family but you know yeah i just i feel like you know that's a slur that <laughs> wolves call each other like <laughs> like wolves call it like oh you're a dog yeah. it's like oh that's grim all right let's leave that there let's leave that there um what your instant cancel? Uh, I agree. actually at the same instant cancel like that struck out to me the teacher the, the teacher yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. our teachers don't even though like I don't know did you guys have this at school where like the teacher would ask you all to read a passage from a book or something and then there was 
there's always like one kid who's not a great reader. Yeah. And like the whole class is like, God, this please, please ask this guy. Because you know it's going to be a fucking riot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I wonder if they still do that yeah, at schools. I wonder if like, if, if they, because they probably shouldn't. Yeah. They probably uh, shouldn't. I don't know though. I think that, I mean, we both do a lot of public speaking. I think, pe- I think people grow up too afraid of it. Yeah. And you should do it in a safe environment where nobody gives a shit about what you say. No other student cares what happens at the end yeah. of Mrs. Dalloway. I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of like, yeah. Cause I, I know in my, in like my school as well, it's like there was, there was a kid who could, he couldn't read too well. He wasn't necessarily, look, he wasn't necessarily um, reading like uh, dyslexic. Mm. Just couldn't read <laughs> very well, right? That's just, just couldn't read good. Some of us don't have <laughs> that skill. And like every time this person was their turn to read, like they'd start be like, and the man in the whole class would be like, oh, you, you kill it. honestly, it would turn into like the Apollo. Like people would like leave their desks and start like, like high-fiving and doing cartwheels. Just, just, <laughs> people fall into each other's arms in laughter. Like it would always happen. So I wonder if like, I imagine, like in a, we live in a very different world now. We're way more sensitive to these kinds of things. So I wonder if, if that still happens at school. Because if, like, if, I can also imagine that that like, some long-term damage like that guy like like that person has like no books in their house as a result like, as soon as a movie comes on with subtitles be like skipping it's the devil's text this is what i want to know <laughs> if there are any parents who have disowned their children please write in when your sons or your children whoever they are whether they're crazy or not when they get to like proper psychopathic level i ne- we never see the evidence we never see like uh we never see the parent who like turned their kids in and they were like, yeah, he was just fucking mental. Do you know what I mean? He was just, he was just stabbing old men doing the hokey cokey. Yeah. They're always like, no, I love him. He was a good boy. And I'm like, but there's got to be some parent where their kid grows up to a certain age and they're like, you're just a fucking psycho. We have one more category, I think, which genre is blend. genre blend. If you could switch this up, mm-hmm. how would you switch it up? Um, for me, for the craze, the craze is a great, again, it's a great queer drama. Mm. If it's like, you know, if you strip everything, but you make it about the relationship between the cray, the cray who, the cray who is gay, Ronnie, Ronnie and um, his and his boy. Yeah, I think that's a really nice story of them in the hyper masculine world of sixties mm. uh, low life crime, and you, yeah, how they stay together and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think that's really cool. So, white British Omar Little biopic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. You know, interesting. Um, I would, uh, so the thing about Dances with Wolves, thing that it reminded me of like watching, watching it felt like reading a Cormac McCarthy book. Okay. Where it's like, no, you're supposed to just sit still and watch these like long shots of mm-hmm. like wilderness and watch him trekking through and watch him having trouble. And I would just tilt it 10 degrees to the left <laughs> and uh, make it a short film. A short film? I'd, I'd 20 minutes... Just the beats. Just the beats. Just yeah. the beats. Yeah, just play the, the highlights. I because mean, I'll be honest, it it is it is a great movie, but it is four hours. I, I should I should say that the four hour running time is the extended cut. Yeah. The actual theatrical release is three hours, which is still too long. Which is still a long time. And I think probably worth the thing. And so what happened is I think they did the hundred and eighty minute release and then they 
for the UK release, bumped it up to 240 minutes. And that was back in the time before the internet when people just had time. But, oh man, there's another movie that I, I wanted to, a famous movie. I think it's called Far From Heaven. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Sorry, Days of Heaven, which is like, well, like known as supposed to be um, one of the most beautiful movies ever made, mm. uh, Days of Heaven. And it's the same, I have the same kind of feeling for dancers, just like beautiful, beautiful shots of the American uh, countryside and just, you know, all of the colors and things. And like every now and again, we were watching uh, Dances with Wolves and it'd just be like a shot. You'd be like, wow. Mm. All right, guys, I think that's all we have time for uh, this week. Um, remember, like, subscribe. You don't even have to like and subscribe. If you just tell a homie, like, hey, you know, there's this podcast. Again, the other slogan on B-Plot, of course, you know, it's better than you, you'd think. <laughs> um, yeah. If you tell someone that, tell someone it's better than you'd think. Mm. Um, fuck it, I take it. And they're going in with the right expectation then. Yeah, that perfect. is the level. So and that's what we want. Manageable expectation levels and what? Attainable bodies. <laughs> that's what we want. So um, see you guys uh, until next time. See you guys next week. Bye.